0: What is going on, everybody? This is Mike Hughes, and you're listening to Mike on the Mic, everything sports-related podcast. Today's episode is going to be focused on the Chicago Cubs playing against the Seattle Mariners and the Chicago Bulls entering all-star break with a W after defeating the New Orleans Pelicans. We're going to get into all of that and more coming up. Um, But today's episode, I really just want to focus on. We're going to talk about a couple of things. First thing I want to get out there, I'm praying for John Lester right now of the National... uh, Washington Nationals, I'm sorry. Um... You know, it came out today that, you know, John Lester is going to be having a surgery to remove a thyroid gland. Um, I have no idea what this entails and what this means. I have no idea the seriousness that is going into this. There are a few things that, you know, speculate in my mind just because he is a cancer survivor and all those things. I'm not saying John Lester has those issues right now. Um, From what I know is that he's likely to be back next week. Um, I'm just hoping, you know, it is not anything cancer related. I'm hoping this is just something, you know, maybe a little procedure to make him feel a little bit better. Maybe it was something that was bothering him for quite some time. Um, and it's just nothing serious. You know what I mean? Uh, but anyways, it, regardless, I'm praying for him in a speedy recovery after the surgery. I hope all goes well. Big John, Chicago still loves you. We'll always love you. Um, anyways, speaking of the Nationals, we're going to get into this as well. But first, we're going to talk about the Cubs and how that ties into it. Um, Jock Peterson, Jock Peterson hit his first home run as a Chicago Cub in spring training. Um, and you love to see that you love to see him. He replaced Kyle Schwarber, who is currently a national, um, in Washington right now. And, you know, which is so interesting about this is because you were trying to figure out if we made the right move by, you know, getting rid of Kyle Schwarber a year early and replacing him with Jock Peterson. Um, and then Kyle Schwarber hits a home run today as well. And, and it's crazy to see that because it's one of those things where it's like, we re- it's really hard to, um, you know, de- determine whether or not who won the, tr- or not the trade, but who won the decision making with Judd Hoyer when replacing him with Jock. And it's one of those things though where I was sitting there, and watching the game and I go, you know, I have a feeling he's going to hit a home run. Like, I have a feeling this is it. And Jock delivered. Um, you know, I, I rubbed my, my lucky hat three times and I was like, this is it. And I know it's a weird thing I do sometimes. Um, but in big game situations, I always rub my hat three times. I don't know why it works, but it works. Anyways, um, it's one of those things though, where I was like, "Wow, you know what? Maybe, maybe this trade does work out." And then I hear later on that Kyle Schwarber hit a home run with Washington as well. So it's like it's it's very hard to determine. I think we're going to be going through this all year. Um, we're really going to have to see what happens with Kyle Schwarber and how Jock performs. But it was an it was all in all a great day for the Chicago Cubs. They did end up tying the game. Um, I believe they had a no hitter going into the fourth. And if you wanna talk about we were gonna talk about the other day, um I didn't get a chance to talk about it on Tuesday. The Chicago Cubs had a no hitter going into the seventh inning and they did blow it. They had two outs left and um, you know, they didn't get to be a part of that, but they were only playing seven inning game, that's why it was such a big deal. It was basically like the ninth inning and they were about to get a no hitter. Um they didn't actually get to do that, and, and it is unfortunate because that would have been great for the podcast. We've already had one no hitter on the podcast with Alec Mills last year against Milwaukee, so adding another in less than a span of a year for the Cubs would be pretty dope. Um, obviously, it wouldn't be a no hitter with one pitcher; it would have been a team no hitter, but it's still a no hitter um, nonetheless. So that still would have been dope. But the Seattle Mariners did not have a hit until the fourth inning. Um, they, they tied the game eight to eight. You know, it's one of those things. You know, Kyle Lewis and others—they're they're very good and talented young players and the fact of the matter is that they're deep in their prospects and they I think they're going to be a very talented team in the future so I wasn't very disappointed with the pitching at all today pitching for the Chicago Cubs um we're going to get into that in a little bit but I was very happy with what we saw from Zach Davies today I think you know he's wearing number 27 which is so crazy we haven't really seen that since Addison Russell and Jason uh Jason Kipnis but um Yeah, I mean, I was really happy to see that. And it it feels weird when you see the number 27 on the Cubs because it has never been someone who's on the team for a very long time. Um, It's one of those things where, you know, you're just kind of like, oh, I kind of wish he picked a different number just because every single guy who wears 27 is always in the the door and then out the next. Um, But, you know, I mean, I love Zach Davies. I think he's going to be a great addition to this team. He had a decent... um, Outing today, I would have to say Anthony Rizzo with a smashing home run. I was so happy to see Riz hit one off the bo- uh, off the board, um, not literally, but it, figuratively speaking. But um, because it, it was a rocket. Don't get me wrong. I mean, this was a rocket to right field, and I was so happy for him. Um, Chris Bryant looked better today. I saw him get a single. Um, you know, Javier Baez was looking pretty good. Wilson Contreras was looking better framing and all of that. Um, I was very happy with what we saw from the team today. This episode is going to be a little bit shorter when talking about the Cubs because, you know, it it is spring training. My boy, Brennan Davis, ate one, took it like a champ, got plucked in the head by a pitch. Um, so happy he's okay, so happy he's healthy. We can all joke about it now because, you know, obviously, you know, he's okay. But it was, it was a very scary moment. I actually didn't get to see that. Um, I was out on a jock. I'm trying to – I'm doing my full rehab. I'm, I'm getting better. Um I Had a little groin injury, but we're all good now. But it it was is it it's been rough. And I was I was out there, and I came back, and I heard what happened to Brendan Davis, and I was shook. I was hoping everything was okay, but everything's a okay. He sounds great. I was just talking to him. Everything's fine. Um, but you know, even with him, I'm waiting for him. I'm so I'm gonna be so stoked for him when he finally gets that first hit of the spring training so far. And and I know it's coming. I know this kid wants it. I know all of them want it. They want to be great. They wanna be successful. And it all comes with time. I think this is only like the third second or third game so far. Um, you know, so you really you, you take it with a grain of salt and once he starts getting full starts and once these guys keep getting more comfortable, I mean you already see it with Rizzo and Jock, they're experienced, so they're already smashing home runs. Um against pitchers who, you know, they're not that they're not trying, but it's just spring training, so they're not in full go mode, so they're taking advantage of that. And once Brennan gets up to speed and you know everything like that, I think they're going to be in a very, very good place. So I'm very excited for that. And, and on the other side of things, I want you guys to check it out on my Instagram. I have a picture of uh, Kyle Schwarber and Starling Castro meeting at home plate after uh, Kyle Schwarber's home run. It gives you all the feels. It gives you all the feels of 2015 and, and prior vibes. Um, I wish Big John was pitching today, too, because then it would have been full circle. And maybe if he was on base as well. Um, but, you know, like the likelihood of that happening is very slim to none. Um, but it's just one of those really crazy aspects and one of those really crazy points that were, you know, it's it's basically the the Washington Cubs. But and I, I believe they have Jeremy Jeffress now, too, if I'm not mistaken. So it really is the Washington Cubs. But it is what it is. Um but yeah, the Cubs looked great today. The Chicago White Sox, um, I did not get I did not get to catch their game. I don't know if they played today or not. Um I'll check for you right now. Um yes, they beat the or they lost to the Kansas City Royals five to six. That is unfortunate. Um but it is just spring training. Lewis Robert, three at bats, one run, two hits. You love to see that. Adam Eaton, uh zero hits, one walk, um, one run. I mean Jimenez, he had two two walks. Um and one hit, that's that's a very good day for him. Um, Jake Berger, three at-bats, zero all across the board, not very good. Same with Mendick. Um, you hate to see that because these guys are the kind of guys you kind of want to have one of those moments. Um, we do love to see it, though. Zach Collins actually had a very good day. He had two hits on the day, which is very good for him. Um, one run scored. We love to see that because, you know, Grundahl, as much as we love him, He's getting a little bit older, so you do need someone there to help him out. Um, th- there's no doubt about that. There's, there's a certain amount of, what should I say, playing time that every player should be evaluated with by the, by their age and by their performances in prior years. And I think he is going to get a lot of that because McCain is gone. Um, but you, you do need to have someone reliable out there just in case something happens, God forbid. We see that with Wilson Contreras from time to time. We have Victor Carantini. Now it's looking a little rough that second position. I mean, Miguel Amaya probably isn't fully ready, um, but he has to be at some point. And we don't know what's going to happen with Wilson and the trade rumors and and all of that. You know, we they were talking about it nonstop. The broadcasters keep mentioning, "What's the haul you can get for Wilson Contreras, who's arguably a top three catcher in the league?" And I love those conversations because it's like it's it's the recognition that he gets to being like a top three catcher in this league right now. Um, especially hitting-wise. He's very consistent. He's been an all-star before. Um, so you love to see that. But it's one of those things where it's like, can we not have this conversation so early on in the season? You know, when it comes to, like, May or June, like, you can entertain it because, you know, it's a part of your job, and I understand you have to do that. But, dude, in March? We were talking about it probably in February as well. Like, it's just some of those things where it's like, Can we not do that? Can we not do that? Because the players hear it. We all know they hear it. Chris Bryant makes it well well aware that that he hears the noise. And, you know, Anthony Rizzo hears it. David Ross in the clubhouse hears it. Joe Madden heard all the hate um, before he got fired. And it's one of those things where, you know, you just don't want to hear that stuff, especially when you're trying to run it back one last time. There's guys like Michael Jordan who who love that kind of stuff because they use it as fuel. But other guys, it's kind of demoralizing and disrespectful. Um, So that's just my take on it. I think the Chicago White Sox, though— um, they they are looking better, you know. I think it's one of those things where it's all gonna come in time. And for them, I who pitched today for them, I'm gonna look it up right now. I actually didn't know. Um, yeah, they still haven't really had a number one starter for them yet. Um, we've had you know Adbert Alzolay, Kyle Hendricks, and now Zach Davies. But they really haven't used anybody yet. M- um, McClure started today. What's his full name? Cade McClure. Yeah, I mean it's just one of those things where. I don't know what Tony LaRusso is doing. I think he's just being very patient with that, and he's trying to get guys comfortable and wean them in instead of, you know, f- full-on throwing them in, especially with guys like Michael Kopech, Garrett Crochet, who have arm injuries and a history of that. And I think one of these things that a lot of people were talking about today in the broadcasting booth, in the broadcasting world, um, what I loved hearing about was... When a player, a young player, a young pitcher comes up and they're not playing many innings in the the year prior. So say 2020, you didn't get to play that much. You know what I mean? And you only had X amount of innings. Say you had, um, let's say you had 10 starts, right? You had 10 starts in 2020 and then you have like 30 starts in 2021. There's a lot higher chance of you getting an arm injury in 2021 because you weren't used to that, because you didn't have X amount of starts the year prior, and because you haven't been able to develop that, you know, stamina and and that arm strength. And, and it's one of those things that makes me very curious about guys like Michael Kopech, who hasn't played in over two years now, um, almost, and you know Garrett Crochet, who didn't play the majority of the year, and you know, you know, still kind of had a little bit of arm issues towards the end. Um, you know nothing major, but it was like it was like a contusion or something, something very light, something very light and not serious. But it's something to take in consideration. Um, you also have guys like Lance Lynn and then who who are older. Um, you know we have guys like Jake Arrieta coming off of injury, Edward Elsley, Braylon Marquez, who are both super young. Um, you really don't know what's going to happen with any of these guys. Dylan Cease, still very young, has a history of injuries. You know I'm not saying I you know God forbid these guys get injured. Knock on wood, um, but. It's one of those things where it's going to be a very interesting season injury wise and you know stamina wise and who's going to prevail and who's really putting in that extra work um, behind the scenes and and I think that's super interesting and a super like important factor that not a lot of people are talking about so it was very interesting to hear that and have that conversation because I don't think it's uh, talked about enough it really isn't same with basketball as well you see the Miami Heat are exhausted and and rightfully so not only because you know Kendrick Nunn Jimmy Butler and so on and so forth that got, you know, unfortunately got COVID-19 um, from what I've heard. And, you know, that that's crazy that, that you have to go through that and still have to play through a season. But the fact that they only got about a month off of rest after playing, you know, some of the craziest teams in the East. They played, I believe, the 76ers, the Celtics, so on and so forth, the Pacers, so on. And then LeBron James, Anthony Davis and the Lakers. I mean, it's one of those things where when you're such a young team and you're fighting for your life out there, and, you know, it, only getting a month of rest, it's exhausting. And, you know, with LeBron James, it, it's exhausting for him as well. But he spends over a million dollars on his body a year and an off season. And you also had a very stacked team and you really didn't have to push that hard. I mean, obviously he was pushing hard. Don't get me wrong. Um, but you know when you have such a better team, it's a lot. It's a lot less weight on your shoulders than it would be for Jimmy Butler carrying these young guys. Um, but great, great transition for basketball. The Chicago Bulls did beat the New Orleans Pelicans, who are currently potentially a playoff team, and they beat Zion Williamson, Big Baller Brand, and Lonzo Ball. Who you know, I'm starting to really love the Ball brothers. Going to be ball, buy, buying some Big Baller Brand merch. Um, for me, I'm going to be quite honest. We're going to break it down. We're going to talk about it. I was not huge on Lavar Ball. Um, or Alonzo Ball or Jello. was always a mellow guy. I was always into LaMelo, but I didn't really respect the family. And, you know, I do want to apologize for that. I do want to, you know, I really have been doing my research lately. I, I looked into LaVar Ball. I see how he treats his wife, Tina, um, who unfortunately suffered a stroke. I believe back in 2016 or 2015 or 17, it was one of those. Um, I apologize for not knowing the exact date. But the way he treats not only her, but his family and his sons and the brand and the fact that he's gotten potentially three of them into the NBA because Jello was on the Pistons for quite some time and did play pro in Luth- Luthu- Lithuania. Um, sorry if I butchered that. Um, but I, I fully, now that I'm older and I'm not listening to Stephen A. Smith or Max Kellerman or, 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 or Nick Wright or someone along those lines, and I'm actually seeing it from my perspective, this man is a genius. Um, so I just wanted to get that out there and just say I fully respect LeVar Ball um, Melo always been a fan. Lonzo Ball is growing on me tremendously. Um, I hope you know whatever happens with Jello happens. You know it's gonna be one of those very interesting things, um, because he's not in the G League right now. He did not get drafted in the G League, so I really don't know what's gonna go on with him. I honestly think the only way he makes it to the NBA is if you know Lonzo and Melo team up one day, and then you know the, the owner isn't stupid. That would be huge money money move if they could just get Jello for the bench. Or or po- possibly sign them to the same G League. Um, and then bring them up one day, you know, bearing injury. And it's one of those things, though, where we're going to get into that a little bit later. And that'll be its own video. But I just wanted to say that real quick. Full respect to LeVar Ball and all of them and what he's accomplishing. Um, yeah, that's just my take. Um, but anyways, back to the Chicago Bulls. The Chicago Bulls defeated the New Orleans Pelicans in an amazing game. It was an amazing performance by Zach Levine, 128-124 to should have been like 119, but you know there were a couple fouls towards the end that did not need to be committed. Um, but it was a great stat line. Here's basically what happened throughout the game. Brandon Ingram needs to be utilized so much more by the Pelicans. He's very underrated, and I think you know he is at pot- potentially an MVP candidate if surrounded by the right people. Um, Lonzo Ball defensively in the steals this year is insane. I believe he has like over 40 steals so far this season. It's one of those things though where. Zion is trying to be the number one player on this offense. He's trying to be the number one ball handler. And that's just not the case. I love Zion. He's just not there yet. Um, he's, he's you know in the paint or nothing. He's not going to take perimeter shots. He's not going to be shooting it from three. He's not going to be doing any trick moves. He doesn't have amazing handles. Um, he's just a great scorer. He's just an athlete, athletic freak. And by no means am I saying he's always going to be that way. I'm just saying he's kind of like Giannis Antetokounmpo, in a sense, to where if you build a wall around him, now it's kind of hard with him because he is so athletically gifted and he is so huge. He's he's swole as fuck. Like there's no doubt about it. Um, but eventually, you know, you run up against a guy like Joel Embiid in the playoffs or something along those lines, um, or or Jokic or something like that. You know, you're gonna have some problems, and and, and you can't really do anything about that, especially when it's. So, you know, Dwight Howard and Joel Embiid going up against you, they're going to build a wall around that, and they're going to figure it out. Um, that's just my take. I think once Zion Williamson actually develops that shot and actually becomes, you know, more than a one-dimensional player, he's going to be a huge problem in this league. He is going to be one of the most dynamic players in the league, and there's no doubt in my mind that he could be that next big guy. Um, now, you know, that's all I think about Zion that was the first half for the Pelicans. The second half, Brandon Ingram came out. He scored like the first nine of eleven shots, um, and they started facilitating the offense through him, facilitating the offense through him. Pardon me. Um, then in the second, and then in the fourth quarter, he only scores in like the last minute, and there was a foul um, by Kobe White, very or by Zach Levine, very unnecessary. He got three points in the fourth quarter, so it was it was very weird the way they they're running this offense. I don't think their coach is the coach to be. Um, I think they do need to keep searching. I wanted them to get Tibbs, um, but, you know, you you doubt that's ever going to happen. But it's, you know, potentially, we don't know what the future holds for the Knicks and Tom Thibodeau. Um, But, you know, anyways, back to the game. The Chicago Bulls, if we're going to be talking about scoring Wendell Carter with 15 rebounds, we love to see that from him. I still need to see more. You know, Steven Adams was only held... Um, how many points did Steven Adams have today? Five rebounds and zero points and zero assists It was in 21 minutes. It was a very bad game by Steven Adams, but Wendell Carter Jr. with seven points, four assists, and 15 rebounds in 27 minutes. Looked great. Um, Luke Cornett, from what I heard, is injured. Daniel Gafford filled in for him. Five rebounds, zero assists, and three points. Ryan Archidiakono, five points. Denzel Valentine, 11. Sadaraski 2. Um... Thaddeus Young five points or uh, sorry eighteen points four assists and two rebounds. Um, you love to see that. I mean, wait, I that was asking I'm so sorry. Eighteen points three rebounds, um, three assists and five rebounds. God dang. Um, Kobe White twenty five points three assists um, and two rebounds. We have Zach Levine with thirty six points eight assists and two rebounds. And if I'm not mistaken, Zach LaVine is currently leading the league in 20-point games uh, this season. I believe Kevin Durant and and so on and so forth are underneath him. Kevin Durant is missing a lot of time right now, praying for him as well, and Anthony Davis. Um, But it's one of those things where we're really looking forward to that. Uh, Patrick Williams with 13 points, one assist, and four rebounds. And then you have Garrett Temple, eight points, four assists, and five rebounds. Now, on the Pelican side of things, Zion Williamson. Damn near a double-double with nine rebounds, five assists, 28 points. Brandon Ingram, 21 points, uh, three rebounds, and two assists. And everyone else pretty much, you know, Lonzo Ball, 12 points. Eric Bledsoe, 12 points. J.J. Redick with 22. Great day for J.J. Redick. I love him. One of my favorites um, of all time. You know, he's on my top 10 for sure one of the best pure shooters, you know, there is, probably top ten of all time. I, I'm a huge J.J. Reddick fan. He has an amazing podcast as well, if you haven't checked that out. He just had Zion on the other day, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but great win by the Chicago Bulls. One of my biggest things right now though, we we just need Laurie back. We just need Laurie back so bad. Going in the all-star break, I'm hoping Laurie and Otto are fully healthy. I doubt Otto is um doubt I don't even know what the I don't even know if you would want to play Otto because if you want to potentially trade him um, you know, maybe to the Lakers or something along those lines, um, the Nets, you know, Nets probably couldn't afford him. Um, but if you want to move him, maybe move for Porzingis, flip Otto for Porzingis. Um, we really don't know what's going on with that. It was only a one-year deal. You know, you wouldn't have to pay most of it. Bulls would probably pay the majority of it. Um, so it would look like a decent contract, but, um, or a decent trade, but, you know, obviously, We're going to get Laurie back probably by the beginning of the All-Star break. After that, I mean, um, probably after March 15th. And then um, it'll look pretty solid. So I was pretty happy with going into the All-Star break. You know, the Bulls win. You know, I don't know exactly what position we're in in the playoffs right now. I'll check that for you right now. But I think we honestly, we're we're going into a stretch that's going to look very rough. Currently sitting at 10. We're tied with the Indiana Pacers for nine. We're one game back against the... um, Toronto Raptors and one game back behind. Actually, we're one game back behind the 6th, 7 and 8th seed in the Miami Heat, uh, Charlotte Hornets, and Toronto Raptors, who are 17 and 18. We're 16 and 18. Um, so, yeah, that's great. It's a great feeling knowing that we're only one game back and we can potentially take that lead on soon. But we have a lot of games coming up soon that is going to be rough. We have the 76ers, the Miami Heat, the Raptors, the Thunder, which that'll be fine. Um, the Spurs, the Nuggets, the Pistons, the Jazz, the Cavs. Warriors, Suns, Jazz, Nets, Pacers, Hawks, Timberwolves, Grizzlies. I mean, it's, it's not a cakewalk. It's not a cakewalk by any means. Um, but I'm really hoping, you know, that we just pull through. And I think it's going to be a very good possibility that we can get through this season and we can get through this together. Um, you know, Zach Levine is adding to the three-point competition. The three-point competition is stacked. You know, we're going to talk about All-Star Game as well. Fuck it. Um... The three-point competition is insane to me this year. I can't believe it's, it's – it's, like, literally, like, your perf. it's exactly what you think the dunk contest would be, if we're being quite honest. Um, let me find it for you real quick. It's, it's – it, but the dunk contest, man, it is dry. It is so dry this year. Um, it was honestly – it's one of the worst dunk contests we've seen in recent years. Um, there's no doubt about that in my mind. Now, the three-point competition is Devin Booker, Jalen Brown, Stephen Curry, Zach Levine, Donovan Mitchell, and Jason Tatum. That is stacked. I love to see that. Now, here's the bad part. Um, the dunk contest, you know, you, you want Zion, you want Ja, you want, you know, Aaron Gordon versus Zach Levine rematch. You want things like that. From what I can tell, the dunk contest only has three people in it and it's Obi Toppin of the New York Knicks. Um, sorry if I butcher this, on um, Simmons from the Portland Trail Blazers and Cassius Stanley from the Indiana Pacers. That is tragic. That is tragic. I'm sure they're great hoopers, um, but that is just horrible, man. Like, it, it, it's looking rough. And if we're going to talk about horrible, um... I forget exactly what it's called. It's it's um the Rising Stars game. They're not actually gonna hold it, but they came out with the roster. The roster for it's Team USA versus World Team. And um I'm gonna try my best for uh I'm gonna try my best to pronounce these guys' names, but it's gonna be very difficult um because some of them are hard and I haven't heard of them before. Um it's for its world team, it's Precious Akunua, Nickel Alexander Walker, Denny of Dia, RJ Barrett, Fakandu Campazo, Brandon Clark, Legens Dort, Roy Hachimura, oh Roy Hachimura, Theo Maldolin, and uh Michael Mulder. And that's that's the world team and that's fine. I'm sorry, it's currently like over midnight. I don't know why I did this podcast so late. I should have done it earlier. Um, yeah, my apologies. But um the USA world team and here's where it gets a little disrespectful. I'm not gonna lie. We're gonna ha- we're gonna critique it not just as a biased Bulls fan, but as a legitimate rising stars fan because I love to see the young talent and they deserve it. Denny Dia is only really on that list as much as I love Denny coming out of the draft. He is only on that list because he is not from America. That is just the facts. Um, he is not averaging that many points. Denny Dia, if I'm not mistaken, is only averaging Denny ofdia he's averaging like eight points. I think I don't know. Um, he's averaging six points per game, and that's insane to me. Um, for Team USA, it's obviously LaMelo Ball, Zion Williamson, James, James Wiseman, Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton, Tyler Hero, DeAndre Hunter, Keldon Johnson, John Morant, Michael Porter Jr. And, and here's my thing about that. Um, for Tyrese Halliburton and, you know, DeAndre Hunter, Keldon Johnson as well. One of those guys needs to be replaced with Patrick Williams because there is no doubt in my mind that Patrick Williams deserves to be in the Rising Stars game. Kobe White as well, who's looking amazing. Um, and, and they can go, oh, well, he, you know he's not a rookie, so he can't be in that. No, Tyler Hero's there. John Moran's there. Zion Williamson's there. He can be there. Um, Tyrese Halliburton is not better than Kobe White. There's no doubt in my mind about that. Um I, I will stand by that comment, especially based off the fact he's only averaging 13 points per game. Kobe White, how many points is Kobe White averaging right now? And, and we're going to keep it real. We're not going to be biased. Kobe White's averaging 16.2 points per game, five rebounds, five assists. Um, he's looking great with Zach Levine. And it's one of those things where Patrick Williams is not having a bad season at all. So that's all I really wanted to say about that. Patrick Williams is currently averaging, if anybody wanted to know, um, 10.2 ten point two points per game, 4.8 rebounds, and 1.2 assists per game. Denny of Dia is averaging 6 points. So the fact that Patrick can't be in here is insane to me. Um, but that's all I got to say about that. Thank you guys for listening. Can't wait for Bulls basketball to be back after the All-Star game. Um, Cubs baseball is, I believe, tomorrow as well. The White Sox play Um, very soon we're going to keep you guys updated on all of that. Once again, praying for John Lester. Sorry, Lavar Ball. Um, I I fully respect you. Um, and I just hope you guys have an amazing and blessed week going into the rest of the week. We're halfway through the stretch. Weekend is coming. Two more days to go and we're finally there. Um, so anyways, have a good night. Stay blessed. Stay warm. Going to be a great weekend. I heard it's going to be in the 60s. Can't wait for Chicago weather to be back. Peace out.